0: This is Power Lunch, exclusively on Lightning Power Play via the iHeartRadio app. Yeah, they're killing us. It's killing our game. It's killing our momentum, and and we did a really good job getting through that first period up a goal, but you you just can't keep giving them freebies, and it it can swing not really as much momentum of games, but it swings like momentum of pockets and games, and it can be hard to get back at times, and so... Yeah, we're definitely going to take less penalties. It's, it's, it's killing us right now. And for whatever reason, they don't, they must not take very many. They do a good job because um, it seems like we're the only ones taking them.
1: Oh, subtle message, John Cooper. Uh, we're going to talk about that comment a little bit today. The Lightning had 22 first period shots and only had one goal. And we can talk about the power play opportunities maybe the Tampa Bay Lightning didn't get, but you can make an argument that that first period the Lightning could have used another goal or two because in the second and third periods, the Florida Panthers score a couple. Of course, the last one by Vitrano was an empty netter. But regardless, I think John Cooper was trying to send a, a little subtle message, maybe through the media, that they're not getting as many power play opportunities as he would like and i think this has been a a common theme from coop the whole year and we'll get into that in a little bit here i am greg Linelli, along with dave michigan at bolts radio is where you can hit the show twitter page or personally at greg Linelli or at dave michigan it's one hour of hockey talk with you of course Lightning fall last night 4-1. to one. The series now goes back to Amelie Arena tomorrow night. That's going to be an 8 o'clock start. And the Lightning have an opportunity to close this thing out in six games. Let me bring in my partner, Dave Mishkin. Steve versnick is producing. And Dave, I, I could already see it almost after the first period, but certainly after the game when the Panthers were victorious, is that... Spencer Knight, really threw no fault of his own, outside of him just being a rookie and playing in his first postseason game and beating the Tampa Bay Lightning, that so many people were going to attach themselves to the story that, oh, this is just a feel-good story. Could this be... You know exactly (laughs) what the Panthers could be. And I'm exaggerating. Didn't I term it if he wins these (laughs) finals? I think I called it a
0: fairy book story. And I told my Um, my wife and kids, I'm like, what's a fairy book? He's like, you mean a fairy tale story. Fairy tale tale, story. But people love fairy tale stories. They
1: do. And listen, you know, we talked about this a little bit yesterday. I think it was a sign of desperation by the Panthers. I think Joel Quenville certainly was looking for a spark. And maybe subconsciously, Dave, by going tonight instead of Bobrovsky or Drigger, he was also hoping that the team would defend a lot better. Understanding you had a rookie in net and that sometimes those things have a way of playing out. We said we didn't think Bobrovsky or Drigger were terrible. Uh, You know, we actually went through it and said, I'm not sure you can fault too many of the goals on them, but... Joel Quenville's won a lot of championships, and certainly he felt like Knight being in net, for whatever reason, gave his team the best chance to win. Certainly 53 seconds in, it looked like the Lightning might be able to work him a bit. But to his credit, and I don't know if the Lightning necessarily tested him a ton in that game, Dave, after that first goal by Colton early, but give credit where credit's due. He made the saves when he had to, and... You know, more importantly, he gave his team an opportunity to chip away at the Lightning in a game they needed to get, and they got it. And now it shifts back to Emily Arena.
0: I thought Knight played really well. I mean, you talk about the Lightning not testing him. They did test him in the first period. Oh, yeah. And they had 22 shots. They did. They scored in their first one, but they had other pretty good looks. I remember Pilat, Sorelli, Maroon and Johnson in front of the net. Kalorn had a rebound right in front of That might have been on the power play. The Lightning's power play, the one full one that they got, which came near the end of the first period. They had five shots on that power play. I think Stampko said after the game they did everything but score. Knight was really, really busy and really, really good in the first period. Then in the second and third, he was far less busy. But we say this about Vasilevsky – the, the odd chance popped up here and there, and when that happened, he delivered with a key save. He stopped Colton late second. A goal there would have been huge. It would have tied the game at two going into the third and maybe erased some of that Florida momentum. But it was right before Shen took his penalty, which ultimately led to the to the third Florida goal. And then when the Panthers were up three to one in the third, he stopped Colton again on a wraparound and Maroon on a rebound right in front so it's not like the Lightning had a lot of chances and it was almost like the narrative after the game was the lightning did absolutely nothing in the last 40 minutes which isn't fair or true they didn't do nearly as much as they had done in the first period to generate chances and they could do more they're probably going to have to do more but to say that they generated nothing would not be accurate and so a knight faced what 15 shots in the final two periods and i just mentioned four of those shots were were fairly dangerous probably a little bit more than fairly dangerous like they were scoring chances and he, yes. and he stopped them he did that's the mark of a really good goalie I and mean, look he he has the pedigree we we talked about him he was very solid he was he was poised allowing a goal in the first shot didn't seem to rattle him he had pretty good rebound control on some of the shots that were not like, incredibly difficult for him to handle. He made sure there were no second-chance opportunities. The Lightning did get some second-chance opportunities, but those were more on, like, shots that were difficult for him to to cover up, and then he made the rebound save. So Spencer Knight had a really good game. Does that mean that he's going to play exactly the same tomorrow? Maybe, maybe not. But it's not like the Lightning are incapable of getting pucks past him, just like they're not incapable of getting pucks past any goalie. One thing Phil and I talked about as the game was progressing, the Colton shot that went in the net was a two-on-one. He put it up. I don't think the Lightning had very many shots on net from the middle of the net up after that. Most of them were were along the ice or just off the ice and night down in that butterfly he was stopping them all all the ones that I just mentioned the maroon rebound the Colton wrap around the Colton point blank chance I guess that was 3 I said there were 4 but those yeah. were 3 shots that that the Lightning had that were great aces you know they're all along the ice and I think you know it's easy to say from from the comfort of our studio watching the game on a monitor sure. you need to get the puck up when you have to make a quick shot and a, and a quick decision, but I am I am fairly certain that when the Lightning hit the ice tomorrow, if they have a chance, they're going to try and elevate some of their shots. Now, when you elevate a shot, you may miss the net. But, you know, look at the goals that the Panthers scored on Vasilevsky, the two first two anyway. They were in the middle part of the net up. weger's shot was a, a perfect shot. Nothing the you top can do
1: there. The yeah, nothing you can do there.
0: And so in Game Four, you know the Lightning were able to score some goals. I mean, some were chances like Sorelli's breakaway, but you know you think about the tips that the Lightning had. I mean, the Palat tip went into the top of the net. The Gord tip what bounced off the ice and came up and 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 went into the net. So you know that's part of it. Kalorn's one-timer, the goal to make it five-one, that was elevated. So that's what the Lightning probably are going to have to do to have some have some success. Not necessarily. I mean, it's possible that Knight may allow a goal that that he wouldn't have allowed last night on some of the chances that he faced. But, you know, the Lightning now seen this guy and, and, you know, they have another game now two if they need it to to make an adjustment and maybe try and elevate some of their shots. But. So here are my takeaways and and you know I've been reading some of the the post game articles and I've heard some of the post game comments and you'll be shocked Greg to hear that you know I'm not in simpatico with with everything that I'm I'm reading about the narrative from this game. So let me tell you what I thought.
1: Wait wait Dave, So you're saying you have an opinion on something and you're I not have, just going to be a robot and say yeah that's that's the narrative I like. Well, and I appreciate that. I'm, about I'm you. forming
0: I'm forming my my opinions, if I mean they are opinions, but I'm basing them on what I'm seeing, calling the game, and so I have an idea of of what I think about the game, and then I'm reading the narratives afterward, and I'm open minded to to hearing what I'm I'm reading or seeing what I'm reading, and even some of the commentary from the Lightning after the game, I'm absorbing that and like, okay, what do I think about that? Am I changing? Am I changing the way I feel about it? No, not last night. (laughs) So, look, the Lightning had a really dynamic first period. But you know who else had a pretty dynamic first period? The Florida Panthers. They had 15 shots in the first period. Now, five on five, the Lightning had more of the chances, more of the shots, for sure. Florida had seven power play shots on those two opportunities they were extremely dangerous on those power plays vasilevsky was really good in the first so some of the some of the narrative that i'm reading is like you know the the stat was mentioned joe smith had it in his article and again joe isn't tabulating this he's just getting this from a website five on five scoring chances in the first period were 13 to 1 lightning all right, I mean, I guess that that may be true, although I, I kind of feel like the Panthers had more than one scoring chance five-on-five five in that first period of the eight other shots that they had. But that's not taking into account how dangerous they were on their two power plays. They were extremely dangerous. They had most of the possession during those four minutes in the offensive zone zipping the puck around. Vasilevsky was really, really good in the first period, to keep Florida off the board. Now, the Lightning were more dangerous. They had more possession. They had more chances. But to say that the Lightning just dominated play in the first period and it was completely a tilted ice situation, I don't think is accurate. Then, in the final 40 minutes, the Panthers certainly defended better. I am, I am in complete agreement on that. What I said heading into... In in the last night's game at the end of the show, if you recall, Greg, or maybe it was during the show, both teams need to find a way to defend better. Yep. And you know what? In the second and the third, both teams did defend better. This this narrative about the Marchment goal being like this. This disease that the Lightning have of their D zone coverage being terrible, they made a mistake on that goal. Two guys chase Barkov behind the net. They left the middle of the ice open. Barkov makes a great play. Marchman made no mistake. He buried the shot. That was a mistake, and it ended up in the Lightning's net. But the Lightning's attention to detail defensively was so much better in the second and third than it has been at other points in the series. Now, some of that is score effects, and I'm acknowledging that. Like, when it was 3-1 early in the third, the Panthers focused on defending, they weren't pressing the issue as much, and that is true. So the Lightning were not dealing with heavy pressure against. But even in the second, like, I mean, I'm I'm asking you, Greg. Think about the second period. How many scoring chances did the Florida Panthers have in the second period? They scored on two of them, but other than that, not many. I remember yeah. Brandon Montour had a good chance. Right. Vasilevsky. Vasilevsky stopped it for a second i thought it might have gone off the crossbar and then another one was lomberg off the rush where duclair got away with an interference penalty on ruda so and and i'm not even sure that was like a grade a scoring chance that was probably the one that the lightning can look back at that game and say lomberg had an open lane down the wing because duclair interfered with our defenseman who couldn't get over probably should have been a penalty it wasn't called that's the way it goes, right? Yeah. Did the Panthers really have much else going offensively in the second yeah. period? I thought both teams hunkered down. Maybe not hunkered down, but like they defended the way that you would expect teams in a playoff series to defend.
1: Well, I think you made the comment, right, that this had a more of a playoff feel to it, maybe than the previous games, in terms of right. the defending and how tight things got eventually in this game. And I think that part is accurate. And, and look, to the extent that the Lightning were saying the Panthers were desperate, they they they
0: played at a higher desperation level than we did. I'm not going to disagree with that, but I think where it manifested itself, particularly in the third period, is how hard the Panthers dug in defensively. They did dig in defensively in the third period, for sure. They got that 3-1 lead, and they were like, we get, we have this game by the throat, we are not letting it go. and And that was true. But I'm not sure that, like, I guess I would have to— go back and rewatch the game. But I kind of feel in the second period, like not a lot was happening. I mean, it was kind of like the teams were trying to generate stuff and were failing, at <laughs> generating. And then Bennett wins a faceoff cleanly from Ghost, and Weger yeah. puts a bullet into the top of the net. It's a great shot. But that wasn't like a function of this relentless pressure the Panthers were putting on, unlike what we have seen earlier in the series, right? Sure. Like the first period of game four. If I were to ask you, Greg, compare the first period of game four, forgetting for a second the Lightning came out of that period up 3 1, and how dangerous the Panthers were with the second period last night. Which period were the Panthers more dangerous? Yeah, game four. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I think some of that is maybe just the way the game unfolded, but
1: like. I didn't mind how the Lightning defended in the second and third. They didn't do enough offensively. Do you think some of that too was the Panthers not understanding the situation and not taking as many chances? Maybe. in Game five and maybe after a first four. period
0: where they gave up twenty two shots.
1: Yeah, they they felt that way. Like we can't we can't score five goals at once. And that I think also too comes back to having a rookie nutminder maybe. In as well. You know, and but I'm just right. telling I, you kind of sure. how I saw the yeah. game. So this narrative that. You know the Panthers took over the game in the
0: second period. Eh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I agree with that completely. Now I will say
1: this. Uh, by the way, we got this in breaking news from the NHL Player Safety. Pat Maroon has been fined, Dave, a little over $3,800, uh, $3,000 the end of the game, 79. Yeah, Antics. the maximum allowable under the CBA for unsportsmanlike conduct. Listen. I didn't like that play either.
0: No, I mean Maroon, I don't like ma- it. How many face-ups has Maroon taken this year? Yeah,
1: I, I less I, than five. I had some. I had, I had some Panthers fans come at me uh, today, and that's fair. They're, they're very that's defensive fair. because of my comments I made. You know, after what we saw a couple of games ago with how dirty I thought the the Panthers got, and I didn't like that play either. And you know, but I I will say this you can make the strong argument that, you know, the Panthers kind of initiated where this series was going to head in addition to the officiating not maybe taking control. And so are you surprised (laughs) that a Pat Maroon did something like that at the end of the game? Probably not. Based off of everything we've seen leading up to this point, I'm not telling you it's right, Dave. But, you know, for these people that tell me, well, this is playoff hockey, that sends a message. Are you really surprised it reverted back to that at the end of the game? I'm yeah. not. the We've talked about what is the NHL going to do. Okay, so they find Pat Maroon the maximum allowable under the CBA. All right. Uh, is that going to stop Pat Maroon from doing what Pat Maroon does or anybody from the Panthers? Probably not. And uh, that's all I- I'm going to say about that, doing my best uh, Forrest Gump impersonation there. I will say this as well. I think everything you said was accurate. I did not think Tampa Bay's best players – were their best players in this game. Especially after the I, first period. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't think Cooch, Points, Pilots. you know, any, anybody else you want to throw in there, Stamkos, I, I just, I didn't think they were very good. That can happen in a playoff series, Dave. I think for the most part, particularly Cooch and Points have been very good. In this series, and you can make the argument with Vasilevsky, yeah. they've been the difference in this in this series, particularly on the power play. They
0: were very dangerous on the one power play, though. Yeah. The five shots. By the way, thank you, Steve. He, he sent us a note. Maroon went. Now, is that 2-4-10 or 2-and-10? Did he take 10 face-offs in one, two, or he took 12 face-offs two and in one, ten. two? So he two, and
1: two and ten. ten. Took 12.
0: So I, I'm so it was more than five, but I'm fairly confident that he was not the guy starting the faceoff on any of those twelve. Yeah. He came in because somebody else was waved out. Unlike the center ice face-off that he went in and took it against a
1: charge. So we, I think we are in agreement. We didn't like that. I think we're going to call that fair. I, I don't think the league needs to see things like that. Uh, that, but that's a long history of this league allowing that type of behavior. How you clean that stuff up, I mean, that's that's up on the league. They, they're going to have to figure out, if you really want that out of the game, to probably give you more than the maximum fine in a situation like that. And I'm, I'm talking about it for both teams. But getting back yeah. to the best players, Dave, i thought Huberto and Barkov. Barkov, were, Barkov
0: was fantastic.
1: Barkov was really good. And you know what? Huberto's
0: been really good. He has been. He's, He's got, got 10 points in the series, which is set already with yeah. at least one game left in the series and maybe two the franchise record for the Panthers for most points by one player in a playoff series. Remember in Game 3, after Game 3, I talked about Barkov was hurt in the first period, or at least it seemed like he was because he missed much of the period. He wasn't really as impactful as he usually is, and I said, let's monitor the situation. He has been outstanding (laughs) in Games 4 and 5. I know they lost Game 4 by a lopsided margin, but Barkov has looked like Barkov the last two games. So whatever was bothering him in Game 3 he was able to put behind him for sure. And, you know,
1: I haven't noticed, Dave, since that injury, his perceived injury that he had a couple of games ago, if the Lightning have taken their opportunities to hit him when they can. I feel like it hasn't. Uh, Nothing has stood out. So I'm wondering if that's, you know, something that that they can do, not to go around looking for hits. But I, I think one way sometimes to take some of the best players out of their game is to be a bit more physical if they can. And I'll be curious to see how that plays out in game six. And let, let's face it now, Dave. The, uh, the pressure's on both teams. I, I don't like it when somebody says, now nah, the pressure's on the Tampa Bay Lightning to win. I think the Lightning understand this, whether it happens or not, Dave, remains to be seen, that you do not want this to go to a seven game. No, of course not. And you have an opportunity to make this, um, to finish it when you can, I, I think is, you know, we talk about the Lightning's experience and, and what they went through last year. I think this is where you'd like to see them buckle down, Play a really crisp game at home, defend well, stay out of the penalty box if you can, and then, you know, win a game 3-2, three, 3-1. Three, and really Well, suffocate. and if it's gonna
0: be like that, and, and this was kind of the the question that I, I left unanswered because we don't know at the end of my extra shift column that, that got posted today, what are we gonna see in game six? Are we gonna see the wide-open type of hockey that we've seen for much of the series, or are we are going to see kind of what we saw in the second and the third period last night? And if it's the latter, if we're going to see what we saw in the second and the third period last night, it could come down to a single mistake, like on the Marchment goal. Like, that was probably the biggest play in the game. Mm-hmm. I think John Cooper even said, you know, we really would have liked to have basically He said, you know, we would have liked to have gone 1-1 into the locker room and then and see what happens in the third. And with Colton's chance, they almost got into the locker room at 2-2. But but as I said, Knight made a really good save on that chance. So that was the mistake. There weren't a lot of mistakes made by by either team once the second period began. But that was a mistake the Lightning made that ended up in their net and it proved to be the game-winning goal. This also So when you're going to have go playoff ahead. games like that, yeah. as opposed to games where you might have like 25 mistakes made with 20 scoring chances, and we kind of view things differently, like how many of these chances are the goalies able to stop, understanding they can't stop all of them? That might be the difference. Now it's who's going to make the critical mistake that leads to the chance that might win the game for them. And that, uh, that's kind of what happened
1: yeah. last night. This just in two, NHL player safety, Ryan McDonough fined $5,000, Dave, the maximum allowed <laughs> out of the CBA for cross-checking Mason Marchment. That was the penalty he got. Mm-hmm. He got a roughing minor. Yep. So two Lightning players do get uh, fined. Uh, I'm sure Lightning fans are probably scratching their heads a bit. Yeah. Based on well, they of the were both penalties
0: seen. that were called. Yep. Let's get into the penalties, because John Cooper made, made mention of it. it. Yeah. He did talk about it a lot in the post game. What do you make of them? Well, I wonder if Coop is trying to help his team for Game 6. And there was that, that dig at the end about the other team must not be doing anything wrong. Or whatever I feel like it. this has
1: been a gripe of the Lightning organization for a couple of years. That they don't get as many penalties as they should particularly with the talent level that is out there and their star players maybe not getting the calls that maybe some others do. That's my perception. Well, power plays were
0: even for the series before yeah. the last game. So, I mean, they were 15 aside. Now, last night the Panthers had five, including the one they had late with the maroon play. So let's say four and the Lightning had two, but, but two of those power plays, one on each side, were only eight seconds. Because Huberto was called for a penalty eight seconds mm-hmm. into a floor of power play. Right. So really, if we're going to look at it, power plays were three to one panthers in terms of full two minute power plays in the flow of play. And the way Coop talked about how like it sapped their momentum and and it affected, you know, the the entirety of the game, like they had two kills in the first period. They didn't have five kills in the period like they did in the second period of game 4. Now look, he would know like if Blake Coleman who was getting used on that line with Maroon and Johnson, you know, was a little spent because he had to kill a couple penalties in the first period. I guess, you know, Coop would know that, but the volume of kills was not as high as it has been in some of the other games. That's why that that comment is curious. And and as we talked about, the Lightning had a really good first period. So maybe if it sapped their momentum, it sapped their momentum, he feels, later in the game. But at the time, you know, the Lightning were generating chances right up to the very end of the first period, well after the, the two kills had been completed. And their power play came after they had had the two successful kills in the first period, where they almost scored to, to go up 2 nothing. So I wonder if this is as much about whoever the officials are for Game 6 serving notice that the Lightning feel that they're not getting
1: rewarded. Do you feel like, though, that's been something that they have mentioned throughout the last couple of years, the lack of penalties their way? Or is that just me? I, I, I don't feel like know. We've gone well, it has been the it. last two games, that's yeah. for
0: sure. Coop didn't like the fact that he felt his side was getting all the calls in Game 4 when... The Panthers were, were giving as good as they got. Sure. He didn't feel that was even. There wasn't a lot of that in last night's game up until the very end. But like Duclair, probably should have gotten a penalty for interfering in the second period. But it's not like the disparity of the power plays was, was that great. Shen's penalty, I mean, that was a penalty. He grabbed a hold of Duclair when Duclair was in the clear. You know, McDonough's penalty was a penalty. Somehow they sent Marchman off for boarding when it was Gudis who hammered Colton in the first period, but whether it was goodus or Marchment, that, like, they did get the Panthers for a penalty on that. So, again, I'm not sure how many calls were actually missed last night.
1: You know what it is? It's uncomfortable talking about the officiating all the time, to be honest. Yeah, and I mean, I'm don't... kind of
0: saying, like, I didn't really yeah. – I didn't come out of that game thinking, boy, that was – unlike game 4 where i spent a lot of time on the show yesterday yeah. talk and i'm like i don't like talking about the officiating i don't feel that the officiating had an outsized role in in what
1: happened in the game last night al says i think the league is sending a message to cooper and the lightning to keep quiet don't be critical of our officiating the peel incident makes me think this is true i don't know about that but i you know i i don't know what goes on when it comes to the officiating and and why, if you believe the Lightning don't get as many calls, why is that? Is it because they feel like they complain a bit too much, whether it's through the media or the players on the ice? I have seen that develop with the Pittsburgh Penguins over the years a bit and, you know, the constant chatter on the ice specifically you know a guy like Chris Letang sometimes Sidney Crosby yeah. will be Crosby Crosby has done it a lot less he has as he's gotten older later in his career less. yes um but you, you could be on something like, like that out but I I have no way of knowing we'll see how that we'll talk about out. it after game
0: six see what the power plays are but, but I mean the Lightning can't control what is called against the Panthers but there, there is understanding that sometimes there are there are penalties called in games that are not penalties, as we saw in Game Four. But like the penalties the Lightning were called for last night were penalties, and yeah. that is something they can control. Like Palat takes an interference
1: penalty in the offensive zone, stepping in front of Lomberg. I feel like Palat's taken a couple of bad penalties in this series, at least recently, and that's gotta that's gotta change a bit for him because he's too important of a player to. To do that and then... To and this power play for the
0: Panthers has been really dangerous.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, somebody... Was it from the Tampa Bay Times? D- Dave, we get those clips emailed to us yeah. in the morning. And I can't remember which writer for the Tampa Bay Times. It might have been... It might have been John Romano. I think his his article today was titled, You Can Forgive the Lighting Lightning for Losing a Game but Not For Giving Away. But he had mentioned he had said basically I think what we had talked about that you want to give a little bit more credit I think to the Panthers for maybe their push and for some breakdowns that the Lightning may be having in this series then you know well the Lightning just need to tighten up which I think we all agree they do but I think part of that in large part, is because this is a really good team that they're facing. And you mentioned the power play. It's it's very talented. It's, it's probably similar to Tampa Bay's in many ways. But I think we're not used to seeing the Lightning at times have some breakdowns as much in this series. I'm not talking specifically necessarily about last game, but in general, because you're not playing a team like the Florida Panthers every single game who has a lot of talent and a lot of speed that can make those defensemen uncomfortable in certain situations but his point was give credit a little bit more maybe to the Panthers for some of these things than maybe knocking the lightning and I I I don't disagree with that I mean I think that's something you and I discussed throughout Uh, Bob says lessons learned from last night Titan defense effort more back checking too many loss assignments by the forwards get in front of the Nets that's something maybe we can talk about screen night and for deflections Shoot low and high blocker side. Okay, so he's getting into specifics there. Yeah, I will so say shoot, this: the shoot low, they had that covered. They did. they shot low on this guy.
0: They did. And and look, I'm gonna I'm gonna differ with Bob on on black, back check blown assignments. They had one blown assignment on the Marchman play. Yeah. Show me all the other blown assignments that they had last night. Now, to criticize the Lightning about not playing on their toes as much in terms of their offensive attack after the first period is completely fair and in inbounds but I think the Panthers had something to do with that I mean the Panthers during the regular season were a structured team we've talked about that on this show they have not shown that to this point in the series until the second and third period last night and you know point this post game, was saying, yeah, you know, they were quicker to some pucks, but really what he was talking about, they were quicker to pucks defensively. Yeah. Because it's not like the Panthers were were buzzing around the offensive zone in, in the second and the third, certainly in the third. Like, they were content just getting pucks out, getting them in and making the Lightning go 200 feet, which is smart hockey when you have a 3-1 lead in the third period of a playoff game. So the Lightning were not able to carry over their success at generating shots and chances from the first period into the second. Some of that is on the Lightning. But some of that is due to how the Panthers played. Their attention to detail was as good as it has been in the series defensively. They did dig in defensively in front of their goalie. And I think the result was the Lightning had a harder time finding time and space. Now, it's a tug of war, right? Like you have said earlier in the series, well, the Panthers are a dangerous team and maybe the Lightning just need to find a way to to get into a run and gun and their top players will just be better. And what I have said is, well, you can defend. Like you need to try and impose your defensive will on the other team. And essentially, I mean, if we're talking about the Panthers' defense versus the Lightning's offense, in the second and the third, the Panthers are able to do that. Their team defense was better than the Lightning's ability to attack offensively in the second and the third.
1: And now, that's some fair. Of that, Like
0: I said, with score yeah. effects. But I would not like, what's the expression, throw out the baby with the bathwater. Like, if you're going to say the Lightning had all these breakdowns defensively, I mean, I just don't think that we're watching the, the same the, game. Yeah, there. certainly
1: not last game. I think people might be trying to bunch all of the ones up leading to game 5 and say that there've been a bunch of turnovers there have and been. a bunch of in but know, a I don't think that was the, I don't think that was the no. case
0: in the second and the third last night and what I am wondering is are we going to see that sort of hockey moving forward in the series now
1: I'm actually I am actually encouraged I I, I think the Lightning are going to have a really good game tomorrow I actually think they're going to close it out tomorrow night that's my opinion I think the Lightning sometimes get put in these situations where they don't have their best effort I think it brings out the best of them that following game. And I, I think you're going to see, and I actually think you're going to see the Tampa Bay's best players be really good tomorrow night. I think Kutroff and points are going to lead that charge. I think is going to be sharp. And I'll watch them lose 7-2. to two and, uh, <laughs> I'll come on the airwaves and talk about it. But that's fine. I, ju- I just yeah. think this group, they're going to respond. For some of the reasons you've talked about, Dave, I think defensively getting better. And I think they know what's at stake playing in front of their home audience. I think that's a big deal too. And you know that'll be that'll be a lot of fun. Travis a- actually asks, so when do we get the amley Arena will be boosted to seventy five or one hundred percent capacity? <laughs> I was wondering about <laughs> that. It's Is like that an just arms a... race
0: around the league. All these buildings, Nashville well, full think? attendance, Carolina full I attendance. Mean, it's,
1: it's pretty clear that they have.
0: Didn't Vegas to, go to full
1: attendance? Yeah, to increase whenever they want to, right? I mean, I, I think as long as you've you've talked to local authorities about right a percentage of of fans as in your we building, speak today,
0: I've not heard no. the news about games. Would Sense. you be
1: surprised if we saw more than fifty percent capacity tomorrow night?
0: I have no idea, Greg. Yeah. Well, you I asked me if I would be surprised. Yeah, I'd be I surprised. surprised. Yeah, I, don't I, know. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I say go for it, but let's see. Lucas says. No coach Q team is ever going to just give up. He's a Hall of Fame coach who sees the game and makes proper adjustments. Coop will have first change next game. Needs to play the matchups and play a more structured game. Cats found a groove last two periods. Need to disrupt that. Well, Coop's going to have the last change. Yeah, Uh, that's Lucas said that, didn't he? uh, Did he say we'll have the first change next game? Maybe I'm. I think that's what he means. Yes, that's what he means. That's what he means. I I mean, I, I don't disagree with what he said there. I mean, Quenville is a Hall of Fame coach who's won multiple championships. Yes, and the I think... Panthers
0: are a very, very well-coached team. Yep. Now, understanding that they have not had a good defensive series, and some of that is coaching, but they've executed with the puck
1: very well. How much do you think the issues defensively in this series are just the opponents being very talented? Well, that's part of it. I mean, is it? But is it, I know it's part but of you it. But can, is it more than? Make...
0: You can is, make a risky play without the puck that it's going to lead to an odd man rush against sure. you. We've seen a lot of odd man rushes. We've seen a lot of odd man rushes for the Lightning yeah. in this series. They had another one in the first minute
1: last night. Right. Well, that was a great play Yeah, by Coleman. I mean, that that really was a, a tremendous individual play. And the, and the game before that, we thought it was a bad line change. The Sorelli breakaway, that was just a goodest looking forward Well, it was hit. both. Yeah, Barkov went to the bench because he thought Gudis had the yeah. middle of the ice covered, and the butcher <laughs> and Gutis wanted to left the middle of the ice. The butcher wanted to take somebody's head off. <laughs> yeah. So whatever. I mean, that's that's how that plays out. But um, and I
0: just want to I want to switch gears for a second yeah, here. Ahead. It's not completely switching gears because I think Spencer Knight is part of the story. But last night around the NHL was really the night of the goalie. In oh. a lot of these in a lot of these series, wasn't it? Now, now, Spencer Knight wasn't in a game where his team got outshot like fifty to twenty, yeah, <laughs> you know, like in some of these other games, but his performance in the first period certainly was really important. I don't know who you was think the about best Sorokin last night for the Islanders? oh my God, how many
1: saves did he finish with forty eight forty nine he, he was phenomenal, I mean. And it, then, then Camp start.
0: camp Talbot from Minnesota. It was great. They got outshot twenty-two I to know. one in the second period. Listen in Vegas, <laughs> twenty-two Zach, to one. When Zach parisi
1: scores a goal for you, you have to win that game.
0: Now look, people are <laughs> saying the Lightning dominated the first period. Yeah, with twenty-two shots, had they outshot the Panthers twenty-two to one? Then yes,
1: I would have agreed with that. Yeah, that was not the case though. The Panthers had 15 shots of their own. What do you make of the Jets sweeping the Oilers? I'll, I'll make a straight up confession: I have not watched one single minute or did I saw, of that series. I saw
0: part of Game Three, yeah, partially because it was an earlier game, and I saw the Jets come back, and that was like some fire wagon hockey—is that the expression? Yeah. Like. It was incredibly intense, back and forth. And I said to Phil, "Boy, what a fantastic finish to that game." And he's like, "Yeah, you didn't watch the first fifty minutes." <laughs> he's like, "It was basically McDavid and Dry Sidal, and the Jets had nothing going." But the Jets were able to make plays when they needed to, and at least, at least in the in the game that I saw, toward the end, there, like they made some plays to to really apply a lot of pressure but you know what i have noted in that north division which was an offense 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 division mm-hmm. look at look at the teams that are winning and what they're winning by i mean montreal wins a game what 2 to 1 toronto won 2 to 1 last night winnipeg was able to hold mcdavid and dryside without a point in the first two games that's pretty incredible like the, The teams that, like, Winnipeg, I think, won that series. I know games three and four had more goals scored in them. But I would say, like, broad strokes, the defensive team ousted the offensive team
1: in that series. Look at the Pittsburgh Islanders series the Islanders just play a certain way Pittsburgh should have won that game now they got great goaltending the Islanders did yeah so but I didn't watch that but every our time game was going on concurrently that, I mean so w- like but it doesn't sound like the Islanders
0: defended that well if they gave up 50 shots yeah
1: well I mean that's a good point I mean Pittsburgh played with a lot of speed they generated some high dam- I mean that was that was more of your goaltender winning a game yeah than I think the Islanders And might.
0: Talbot I think also oh, fit I think that that's bill. fair
1: yeah. Um, apparently, and this comes from the Twitter feed NHL Watcher, Pierre Maguire and the morning show guys on TSN 1200 in Ottawa were talking about perhaps it's time for the Oilers brass to have the Scotty Bowman Steve Eisman talk with McDavid, sacrificing some offense to play a more complete 200 foot game.
0: Well, he was out on the ice on the winning goal, but I'm not sure it was his fault. Yeah.
1: Well, he's gonna. Kyle what, Connor gets a gets a look down the wing. He's gonna get a lot of stuff thrown at him, based off of how good he was in the regular season, and the fact that they got swept, and that division was perceived to be the weakest out of the four. And so Connor McDavid's gonna get. He's gonna get peppered a little bit. Yeah. In terms of you know what are you gonna do? So I, whether you agree with that or not, I think that's usually how it goes with star players. But I'm not sure. Uh, that's going to happen. We'll see how that goes. Al says, any word on Goodrow? Uh, we told you about Goodrow yesterday. Skated with yeah, the team. Yeah, that's good news. That is good news. I, I do think, Dave, when they get him back, and I, I don't know how effective he will be. You never know with injuries, the way things are tight-lipped in the NHL, particularly come playoff time. But I, I do think this has become a little bit of a, a more of a storyline than I thought. The 11-7 and seven and just... You know, Pat Murray and Tyler Johnson I-, I think it was through two periods had played like three or four minutes. And maybe that would have been the normal yeah. case anyways. It was just it's shocking how not involved they are. And maybe some of that is just the way the games have gone, whether it's power play opportunities and penalty kills. And I understand that and I acknowledge that's part of it. And I'd have to go back and look at each game and see exactly where their ice time probably was cut. Last in half night's game, though, didn't have a lot of special teams, though. Yeah, so I, I, I guess what I'm saying is they're just the fourth line, let's put it this way, and it's really not a fourth line anymore because you're going 11 and 7, and so it's not your traditional fourth line, or as John Cooper likes to say, you know, the Tyler Johnson line, whatever you want to call it. They're just not as impactful as last year. But I, mean, I would say this, Greg
0: the Colton chance at the end of the second period. Yeah, that was with Johnson. That was and with Maroon. Johnson. Yeah, it was. And with Johnson. Maroon had the chance in the third period. I know yeah. at that point it was
1: three to one, but that was probably the Lightning's best scoring chance in the third period. Lucas also wants to know if the offense goes silent for some reason, does Coop go back to the superliner of Stammer Point Cooch, or is that a last case scenario like starting a twenty-year-old goalie? Um, he has switched up lines before in game when the the team yeah. is struggling. I, I think it just depends on. It's one thing not to score, but you're generating offense. It's another thing if you're you're not doing either one. And that didn't happen in the second no. and
0: third. No.
1: So that's the first time we've really seen that in
0: the series. Like It runs concurrently with the Panthers played their best defensive hockey in the final 40 minutes last night through the first five games. So let's see if that continues. Yeah. And if it continues and the Lightning are going to be struggling to generate looks and scoring chances, then yeah, he might switch it up. But the issue the Lightning had in the first four games plus when they had issues was they didn't have the puck. Right. But when they had the puck, they were pretty dangerous themselves with their line combinations.
1: Mm-hmm. We'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll take more of your tweets. Keep them rolling. At Bolts Radio. At Greg Linnelli. At Dave Michigan. He is Dave Michigan. I am Greg Linnelli. We're getting you set for tomorrow's Game 6 at Amley, Recapping what happened in Game 5. We'll keep talking about it when we return on Lightning Power Play.
0: The perfect social distancing distraction for your lunch hour. This is Power Lunch, only on Lightning Power Play on the iHeartRadio app.
1: All right, we're getting you through this Wednesday. Glad you're with us. Greg Linnelli, along with Dave Mishkin. If you're just joining us, Pat Maroon and Ryan McDonough. They were fined under the CBA for their infractions yesterday. And... Um, you know we're being consistent we didn't like the the maroon stuff at the end of the game there and those are the things the league's trying to get out of the game at least you would think and joyce wants to know weird question where does the money go from fines paid by NHL players it's a good question yeah uh, there's
0: a uh, there is a fund is it for former
1: players i think i thought it was for former players yeah might be goes to the players emergency assistance fund yes. that's that's what i meant
0: yeah I didn't know the, the name of it, the term of it.
1: Yes. Thank you, Steve. So that's where that goes. And it helps them out, which is good. Um, yeah, I didn't think officiating. We're getting, you know, just the, some general comments about the officiating and, you know, is it possible we're not going to have the same officials for the next game? Yeah, I, I
0: just, think that they become available. But I, I, I confess, there's a site out there that I think lists the officials for each game in a series. But I confess, I don't know it. I don't know it either. Somebody, somebody will unearth it. I'm pretty confident Kelly Sutherland is not working his third straight game <laughs> in the series, though.
1: He gets a lot of uh, a lot of heat, I think, for uh, for what's happened in the series, and that's that's fine. I mean, that's part of the game. Like we said, I don't I don't know if we want to make the the officiating the headliner that right. we've seen game in and game out. I think that kind of kind of gets old. I mean, I think you have to. Go beyond that, and you know we'll kind of see what happens tomorrow. I will say this: I think tomorrow, you know, I mentioned the star players. You know, in my opinion, I think are going to have a pretty good game. Uh, However, you want to quantify that—that's up to you. But I I think they'll come to play after having a bit of an off game in Game Five. I do think trying to take away Knight's eyes a bit more is going to be beneficial to them. I I don't know how much, Dave. I don't know how much they can take away from one game. Certainly more than they. Did before they played him. I mean, it's one thing to look at tape. It's another thing to go out there and go against a particular net miner. But I, I don't know how much they can take away just from that either. I'd like to see... It's, it's cliche, the the dirty goals. Again, however you want to describe that. But I, I would like to see, you know, the Colorns in front, Gord's in front, get those tips that we Well, they seen. did it in Game 4. Yeah, they did. And do it in front of Knight, and let's see how good he is. Because... I thought Knight was good. I didn't think he was great. Performances We saw around the league with some goaltenders who really, I thought, stole games. I, I think you can make a case. Was Knight better than Bobrovsky or Drieger at their best in this series? I, I think you can make that argument. I mean, this that's where you have to look at the stats and say, okay, look, gave up the first goal of the game on his first shot and then, Really did a nice job shutting things down. Based off of that, you can make the strong argument he was. And I thought he made a couple of really key saves. And you mentioned a few of them, Dave, particularly in the first. But there were a couple late in the game as well. And we talked about Colton and Kucherov. I just never felt like the Lightning, maybe after the first period, had as much sustained pressure and as a result, never really tested him as much yeah. As I fair. would have liked to seen. And that's again, you have to give credit to the opposing team. I think it may be a bit different tomorrow night. I think the crowd getting involved, I think you're gonna see the emotion build up a bit more, but I do think there needs to be more of an emphasis on getting to the front of the net and you know making an impact that way. And then we'll see how, how good night is. Because I think one thing that's been been pretty solid for Vasi this series is his ability to move around and anticipate shots when he can't see them, or just at the last second, he's getting a pad out, he's getting a glove out, or a blocker out, and he's fighting through those screens. And I think, you know, let's see what Spencer Knight's all about with some people in front making him a bit uncomfortable. And let's let's go from there. But I'm, I'm curious to see if that plays out a bit more, Dave, tomorrow on home ice. Well, I think you made the point
0: after Game 4, like of the goals the Lightning scored how many of them are just unstoppable yeah and the colton goal last night was essentially an unstoppable shot i mean it's a two-on-one the pass got through and and colton puts it directly into the top of the net that's going to be a borderline miraculous save for a goalie to make i'm not sure if the lightning of any of their other chances we could term them unstoppable shots Knight did stop them now there were some tough saves in there I remember one he made it on kucherov i think with his right arm in the first period the ones on colton that we talked about in the second the third the rebound chance on maroon kalorin had a rebound chance in the first period but he was able to get set for those and made really good saves so look it's hard to to get unstoppable shots (laughs) regularly otherwise we'd have lots of goals scored all the time but it Maybe there's a middle ground, right? Maybe there there's a middle ground, which is what you talked about, which is maybe your shot is not an unstoppable shot, but you're making it harder on the goalie by taking his eyes away. And yeah. the Panthers have scored some goals like that in the series on Vasilevsky. They also got a bounce last night. Hornquist, Literally <laughs> Hornquist bounce, scored yeah. two power play goals in this game, neither yeah. with his stick. The one hits a skate in game three, and last night McDonough gives him a push. He falls down. He's, like, on the ice. I'm not even sure he sees the puck, and it hits him and does a perfect deflection into the net. He is, <laughs> like, oh, Patrick Hornquist.
1: That's Phil's favorite player. He that's is, his spot. He is trying so hard to make a huge impact, but you feel like he's, he maybe before this game or the game before, was trying so hard almost to force the issue physically in front of the net. I mean what Horkfus does very well is plan himself in there but I felt like too many times he was probably looking to mix it up instead of just being a pest more so than what he was doing there and then finishing in front because he has some pretty good hands in tight uh, but I, I I don't know maybe it's just the playoffs and trying to send a message I feel, I feel like he was running around a bit much and you know I think for his case doing what he did last night just going to the front and and letting your still skills take over with uh, your ability to deflect and, and create chaos is what you do best. And, you know, who knows if that'll happen tomorrow. Yeah.
0: So maybe maybe in the last few minutes here, Greg, we can circle back to, to my original point. Because I didn't want to come off in the first segment saying the Lightning had some great game in Game 5. They did, not, they did not have a great game. They had a really good first period. And they limited scoring chances in the second and the third. But they can play a lot better. And so where, where the, the gap is, I yeah. think their urgency level, you would expect that it would go up. They're going to have the home crowd behind them, and they have the incentive to avoid a seventh game. But I think with a higher urgency level, they will play in their toes more and force the Panthers to be more uncomfortable defensively. If the Panthers are going to try and replicate their defensive structure that served them well in the final 40 minutes last night, the Lightning can try and get them out of that structure. And I think playing with urgency, playing with pace, playing on your toes can be a part of that. But that cannot be done at the expense of their attention to detail defensively.
1: Agreed with that. And that's an eight o'clock game, by the way, for those of you just yeah. joining us. Wanna make sure you, you have that marked on your calendar and, and the
0: power plays uh, yeah. are gonna be what they're gonna be. Yeah, I mean I don't... I think we've we've said like the Lightning cannot control what the officials decide to call. What they can control is not giving the officials an opportunity to make a penalty call on them. And I think there is room for improvement there, even though outside of the Maroon one at the end of the game, you know, they were really only shorthanded three times last night. Right, but those are three penalties that you know they'd probably like to avoid. Let's see if they can get through a game with one kill. Yeah, I would agree with that. Which is essentially what the Panthers had last night.
1: Yeah, that's hard to do for sure. But I think it is. I, I think a game six, as I said before, Dave. It's it's stating the obvious, but uh, Brian Burns, by the way, reporting uh, Goodrow, one of the first players on the ice for practice, wearing a regular jersey. So that's, Which he was wearing, yeah. at the morning skate yesterday too. Positive, that's good a good point. sign. Yeah, it's a good sign for sure. But you do not, you do not want this to go to a seventh game. You just don't. And I, I know, it, I don't want to make Game Six bigger than what it is. But I think you know, we, it, if you believe experience and winning cups with a core group of players matters in years down the road or even that next year participating in the playoffs and, and being in a tough series, then then maybe this is where you look at it and say, all right, you have an opportunity to close things out on your home ice. Y- yeah, you can still win the series if you lose it, but why in the world would we not want to have one of our best efforts tomorrow night at Amalie Riddell, which is why I keep going back to it. I mean, I, I think Vassie is going to be really good, and the Kucherovs and the points are going to lead the way. By the way, Chief had mentioned this to me. I don't know before we sign off. He thinks, you know, obviously that report that Hedman was, you know, playing with an injury and that may need surgery at the end of the year. But he feels like you can tell that it's he's just not as impactful. I don't. I mean, I I think when Hedy's right, the decision making is always crisp, and he's lugging the puck up the ice and he's making plays. I don't know if we've necessarily seen as much of that day, but I, I don't know if I chalk that up to him being, you know, injured as is maybe he's just not finding the right the lanes and the moments to do that
0: well I mean Chief's point is it's not coming out of nowhere I mean he's watched all the games in the series he's made that observation I I confess that has not jumped out at me and I have noticed that Hedman has had a very productive series on the score sheet I mean he's had a lot of power play assists but what does he have seven assists in the series I believe he has seven assists in the series so he's had a fairly productive offensive series to this point. I guess we'll find out when when the season ends what what he was dealing with and and what the extent of the injury is and and was and how it affected him if he's although he probably won't won't concede that. Yeah. If in fact that report from Chris Johnson is accurate. But to say that Hedman has been ineffective in the series i think would be would be incorrect he's not been ineffective no has he been as dynamic as maybe we saw him in the bubble
1: no yeah i mean he was I mean, dominant th- in the bubble
0: i think i think that that's fair but yeah. some of it too is you know the lightning have not had the puck as much in this series which yeah, we it goes back about. to credit to the panthers I mean, credit I think, to the you know, panthers yeah, yeah i think you have they've to played with that.
1: the puck more five on five yes All right, we'll see what happens tomorrow night. You and I will be on the airwaves, Dave, talking about it beforehand, noon to one. Thanks to everybody who listened. We appreciate it. And uh, thanks to Steve Ersnick as well for producing. This has been Power Lunch on Lightning Power Play.